Hey there, and welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insider's podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, Cal Hall of Famer, and 11-year pro. If it's your first time here, welcome to our podcast. If you are a returner, thanks for watching. Today, we are talking once again in the wake uh, of a last-second loss up at Oregon. The Bears this week, obviously incredibly disappointed, and it's a tough one. I know for you as a fan at home, for me... Uh, for the Cal staff and team, especially incredibly tough to lose a game like that. And, and it's kind of a common theme. It's the five to eight plays every single game. You guys have heard me say it. It's about executing in the moment when you have to get it done. As a player, I know that for me, what I learned over the course of my career, it started with Bruce Snyder when he was our head coach at Cal, but over the course of my career, the mantra of one at a time, the mantra of living in the now, in the present, this very moment is what took precedence in my career. Being able to execute the task at hand when you have to execute the task at hand. The Bears have been able to do that about 80% of the time, but those big plays, the ones that change the game, they have been able to do that. And so that is a huge thing for young athletes to learn. It's really hard. It's a difficult task. I mean, let's be honest, it's difficult for adults, for older people to understand how to live in the moment. And so while you're on the football field, things are going a million miles an hour. It may seem, it may seem odd that you wouldn't be focused on the very task at hand, but with all kinds of things going on in your mind, offense is designed to get your eyes in the wrong place, defense is designed to confuse quarterbacks, pressures on defense designed to hurry quarterbacks, all kinds of things like that. Oftentimes, as a player, you can get out of the moment, and you're thinking about a whole bunch of different things. Your mind's in the wrong place. You're not dialed into exactly what your assignment is on this play. And so that one-at-a-time mentality of taking this play for right now, knowing your assignment 100%, understanding it and executing it to perfection, that's what has to happen for the Bears. It's, uh, the coaches work on it every single day. Every time I talk to the coaches, I know that they're talking about this. They're emphasizing it with their players. They're making it a real point with their guys to get them to focus down to that very singular moment so that they can execute when need be. Obviously, up in Oregon, they weren't able to get it done. Uh, they had a 19-play drive to finish the game, potentially tie it up, going in for the touchdown that would have tied the game. Uh, and they weren't able to execute at the end. There's a couple plays in there that were big issues. I think an out and up that we missed was a big issue, and it's a couple open receivers after that. And so being able to dial in and and make the play when it's time to make the play. You know, the screen where Oregon obviously showed leverage with Travis Dye, another huge play in the game, 50-plus yard screen play, uh, is a huge play and a big explosive. So those kind of things is where the team has to come together, the way they have to figure it out, where they have to make that play in the moment. Um, and you know, no sugarcoating it. They haven't been able to do it this year. So coaches are back at work, uh, hard at work in the office and on the field. Players are back at work in the office and on the field and trying to get it done. So uh, all that said, now I had a chance to talk to Coach Justin Wilcox about his film review and kind of his post-Oregon thoughts. And we talked about the game, what happened during the game, kind of how he felt about his team's performance, the things that he saw on film. We talked about kind of how you go about making adjustments in terms of personnel, what the thoughts are in terms of making adjustments of personnel. And then we have a preview of Colorado. So uh, I won't make you wait any further. Here's my interview with Coach Justin Wilcox. Joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And coach, 
I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit repetitive, but we're going to say another hard one again this week versus Oregon. You've seen the film, you know, the same question I always ask. Kind of give me your rundown on the game. Um, excellent uh, college atmosphere. Um, very, very competitive game. We knew that it would be. Uh, Oregon's obviously a, a very, very talented team, uh, both sides of the ball. And uh, I thought our guys competed very hard. Great effort and intensity throughout the game. Played through the ebbs and flows and got down and uh, had a chance to win it with uh, really the last play of the game. And so uh, it's, it's really frustrating that we didn't get the job done. Uh, we had plenty of opportunities. Uh, it seems like it's a little bit of a broken record, but that's the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I think there were some good stretches and in each phase of the game, we just didn't, weren't good enough. So we've got to continue to improve and uh, continue to coach the players and be positive and, uh, you know, look forward to, you know, playing a little bit better so we can come out on the, on the other side of those. Once again, you know, five to eight plays, like we've talked about before. Uh, but there's some pretty clear ones that stand out on film. Uh, talk about kind of getting players to execute in the moment, right? Yes, it's a big college atmosphere. It's a, I mean, those are the places you want to play. Mm -hmm. how, how do you get players to settle in, to execute in those moments? Because that's really the key at this yeah. point in the season. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, replicating the skill that we're asking them to, uh, to use during the week of practice and building that skill where it's second nature. It's not a, a thought that needs to happen. You know, it's a reaction and it's kind of part of it, you know, how they operate. Um, and then when we go out there and we have the opportunity to, to make the tackle or rush the quarterback or cover or block or run or throw and catch that, you know, we got to show up in those moments and, and get the job done. I think that's where the individual responsibility is us as coaches to, build the skill and then the responsibility uh, and the ownership of the players to uh, go out and execute it when needed. And the big one from, you know, just my playing career, which is what I can refer back to trusting the skill, right? Coaches are teaching you something so that you trust it in the moment. And that, you know, there are times when as a DB, you're going to have to break on a ball. You read it, you have to break and you don't hesitate. A quarterback, you see something, you know what you've got. You've got to put your foot in the ground and throw it. In spite of the fact that I might take a hit or whatever's going to happen, you just have to trust that skill, and that's the huge piece for those athletes. It kind of as an overall question, when you're recruiting athletes, do, obviously you're looking for that. As you're coaching athletes, how do you evaluate that in an athlete? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Mike, and probably a tough one to answer. Uh, sometimes it translates much quicker for certain guys than it does others. Sometimes it takes, uh, you know, months or years for guys to really begin to uh, feel that the timing of the way the game is played uh, kind of some of the things that you noted. Um, and I don't know that there's a, you know, the evaluation process is imperfect. And so you're never going to quite know until they're here and in the program. And I think there's examples every year where, you know, guys can kind of pick things up and it's very natural for them to, to, you know, uh, translate those skills to a game day environment. And then times there's guys that uh, do really uh, do it really well in practice, but maybe in the games, there's something that's holding them back a little bit. Um, and so I don't know that there's any one, uh, you know, answer to that. I think it just kind of depends on the individual and it's our job as coaches to continue to help them uh, to be able to put themselves out there, to trust themselves, trust their teammates and, 
Uh, you do that through re repetition and practice and building skill and confidence and all those things. And uh, ultimately, uh, it's got to manifest itself in that moment during the games. Having coached myself, the, the question, and I ask this because I've always tried to kind of search for it too. When do you make the decision, okay, this guy can't do it, this guy can do it? When do you make that decision, and then how do you make the move on that? Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, we're always looking for what the players can do. Um, you know, we all have our limitations. Uh, you know, coaches, players, everybody's got some limitations. Some have more than others, and we're always looking for what they can do. And we've got to, uh, you know, in order to make changes, you got to see, you know, the uh, the evidence that maybe uh, the next guy has the ability to to make the play that you're looking for. And so, uh, you know, again, it it's imperfect. And our job, we we know that uh, the players aren't perfect either. Uh, and so, again, we're we're really trying to find out what they can do, build our team around what they can do, uh, and you know replicate those skills and practice that we're asking them to execute on game day. And then we got to be able to go out and do it. And uh, we haven't quite got that done. I mean, I, I think obviously we, we know it's been right on that. It's kind of that uh, razor's edge of winning and losing. And uh, we've come up short there where there's some critical plays that uh, we feel like we have the ability to make. Now we got to go out and make them and we haven't quite done that. So that's why we're going to start, you know, again, starting yesterday, uh, Monday came out and, continue to replicate the skill and practice so they have confidence and belief and uh, ability to do it during the game. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing, I mean, for a coach is making that decision. Your point of, A, will this guy get it? B, can the guy behind him get it better than the guy who's got it? And then C, I mean, there's some dudes out there that are just ruthless, right? We know who the coaches are that are ruthless. Just be like, next guy up, that's it. And I've played for guys like that. And then, but it's hard because you met, you have a relationship with all these guys, you know, these are your family, your team, your, and so it's tough with that relationship. Okay. We'll turn the page. Kind of, those were my coaching philosophy questions for the day, but let's, let's talk about um, at this point of the season, kind of <clears throat> where the team is at emotionally, psychologically, where do you feel like this team is? Uh, frustrated and disappointed in how the, the first half has gone. Um, there's no doubt about that. However, uh, you know, the, there's strong character on the team and, you know, the guys are uh, disappointed, not discouraged. I think positive in terms of what we can do if we can uh, continue to improve and play just 1% better, you know, each and every individual in the program, we can be 1% better that I think we'll, we'll like where we're at at the end of the year. And we have a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of football left to play and number of games that we're going to have opportunity to go out and, uh, compete in. And uh, the next one is, is Colorado. And so we've turned our attention to them and we had a, a good start to the week yesterday and we look forward to another very productive and spirited practice today. I noticed one thing, Jeremiah Hunter showed up a lot more in this last game, starting to see more of him. He's, he's becoming more of a part of the offense. Talk about him as a player and, and how he's contributing. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah, I, Maybe if you recall a year ago uh, during fall camp when he first got here was very noticeable. I mean, he's got excellent ball skills, a lot of natural ability. Uh, it has translated to the games from practice, which is kind of what we were just speaking of on. Now he's still uh, got to become more detailed as a football player. And uh, that's just experience and, and repetition. And he's got, a, a, as I mentioned, he's got a lot of ability. He cares. He wants to do it right. And he's still learning. 
but uh, there's no doubt he's got some big playability and uh, he's got range in catching the ball and can make some very, uh, he can make contested catches. You know, when somebody's around him, he can go up and get the ball and he can do something uh, with the ball after he's caught it. Having an extra guy like that on offense, right? Another guy who's now growing into that role makes a big difference in the passing game, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, anytime you have a chance to, you know, win down the field and, and you know, a lot of times, um, you know, we got to just give them an opportunity because they're not always not guys aren't always going to be open by by five yards, you know, but to give the guys an opportunity down the field uh, and put it in a position where they can go up and, you know, the 50 50 balls. If you got a pretty good player, you know, they become, you know, 70 30 and uh, some good things can happen when you throw it down the field to those type of guys, whether it's, you know, a guy jumps up and makes a great catch or, you know, sometimes there's a pass interference but there's some really good things that happens and it stretches the defense and makes them think twice about how aggressive they're playing. So, uh, you know, it helps having guys like that. And we feel like we have, you know, Jeremiah and, and then there's a couple other guys that uh, not only seniors, but some younger guys that we feel like are going to have the same type of ability. So this week we move on. You got Colorado at home day game. Uh, you have to feel like you've got a really good chance against Colorado based on their history. Now they've played well, you know, last game they played really well against Arizona. But talk about your overall view of Colorado. What do you think of them? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Colorado, first of all, their defense is really good. Uh, they've played some very, very good football teams. You look at their schedule and, uh, you know, uh, opened up Northern Colorado and then played A&M, Texas A&M, Minnesota, Arizona State, SC, and then Arizona. And, uh, you know, they are a very, very strong defense. I want to say, you know, there's – uh, geez, over a dozen, maybe more, maybe 15 or 18, uh, transfer players, uh, on their defense in the, in their two or in their, uh, depth chart. So they got some veteran, big, strong, physical front guys. They're good at linebacker. We know Nate Landman has been there for a long time. They're secondary. They play a ton of man to man. They get right up in your face and, uh, make life hard on the receivers. So they've done a really good job defensively, offensively. Again, I think maybe their statistics don't represent the the uh, type of offense they had. You know, again, they've played some very, very talented defenses um, in the first half of the season. Uh, their backs are good. They got a very good the returning uh, all-conference running back. Uh, the quarterback can make plays. They give you a bunch of different formations, similar to what we, you know, some of what we saw last week. Uh, the quarterback can escape the pocket uh, and make some plays with his feet. Um, and then they got some skilled wideouts. So uh, they're a good football team. And uh, Carl Durrell is a good coach. Those guys are going to have good schemes coming in here. So it'll be another battle. Uh, you know, more importantly, we're focused on the things that we need to do better individually and as a team to give ourselves a better opportunity to win. And Carl Durrell was originally a West Coast guy. Is he still running the West Coast style system? Is he running something different with Shiverini as his uh, coordinator? What, did, what are you looking at when you see him on film? Um, yeah, I don't know how I'd categorize it, but they, you know, they do uh, kind of some spread elements. Um, they'll also show you some tight ends and uh, kind of different things like that way, but they, they're pretty multiple. And uh, you, you watch their offense and there's a rhyme and reason to what they're doing. It's a, uh, it's well thought out and uh, they give your defense issues with, as I mentioned, formations, motions, perimeter plays, QB involved run, uh, run RPOs. So uh, they got some max protect and throw it. So they do a good job with it. I don't, you know, I don't know that it would be classified as old school West coast offense, but uh, it's a good offense. 
Yeah, and then defensively, if you're going to come up and press, you present some opportunities for longer balls, right, for bigger plays. So completion percentage may be lower, but the bigger play, you know, the explosive is up. Do you see opportunities for that when you watch our defense? Yeah, we're going to have to create some explosives. That's one thing we've been talking about uh, really in the last couple of years is finding different ways to create explosive plays. And uh, we're going to have to uh, create some of those in different ways, and wh whether it's, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball, uh, using the quarterback, um, but they are a very aggressive defense. They are big and physical up front. Uh, they get right up in your face and they play man on everybody. And uh, that's what they believe in and they're good at it. And so, uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a challenge. And, and as you mentioned, we're going to have to, when, when we get our opportunities, we're going to have to take advantage of them. You know, when, when we get a chance to complete one down the field, uh, we got to take advantage of that. And uh, when we get a chance for a, we got a light box because they do play some split safety that we got to be efficient and run the ball as well. So it'll take uh, really every facet of the offense. Well, so kind of final thought here, one word motto, one, one thought for the team right now, what are you telling them? You know, uh, optimism, you know, I, I believing in each other. I mean, this is more than one word, but uh, just believing in each other, continuing to compete. Uh, the guys have not, you know, you watch the game Saturday, they're not, Quitters. I mean, the guys are not quitters. They're disappointed and frustrated, like we all are. Um, but they uh, believe in each other and believe in what, what we're doing. And uh, we just got to continue to grind. And uh, the, the results have not been what any of us expected or wanted. Uh, but that's the way life goes sometimes. And we need to continue to drive on and, you know, focus on ourselves and, you know, improving kind of the, the marginal things, the little things that can make a difference between winning and losing. Yeah, and I, I take your point. Optimism, obviously, it's key for this team, especially. Uh, the only concerning thing for me watching game film was a little bit of that palms up, you know, and, and I get it. It's frustrating this point of the season. I saw a couple of players with that palms up mentality, you know, kind of like, what? Uh, and getting over that optimism has to be key for that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, they're uh, in any game, you know, uh, no matter if you watch our side of the ball or the other side or, uh, you know, guys get frustrated during the game and be able to manage your emotional, uh, your emotions and having that emotional toughness that it takes to sustain uh, a drive or a game or a season is critically important. And so um, not everybody's the same in that regard. I wouldn't say everybody's got the same amount of emotional uh, mental toughness, but uh, I think there's a, a lot of guys on our team who exhibit that and uh, we'll rely on them to continue to push forward. Great, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. As always, good luck this week versus the Buffs. Thank you. Well, as you can see, Coach Wilcox frustrated, you know, admittedly frustrated about where the team is at right now. Nobody, no, I didn't expect them to be at this point in the season to be one in five at the midpoint of the season. Uh, I predicted that Cal would have at least eight wins this year. I thought they would be a, a very solid football team and, and tough to compete with. And so nobody expected this. And, and that key word of optimism, really key, for the Bears right now because there's nothing else that you can do. If you get down, then this season is going away. And so players have to find a way to persevere. And it gets back to what I started this podcast with, and that's the one-at-a-time attitude. Focus on this play in practice. If you just focus on this exact play or this meeting, what you're talking about right in this moment, and just dial into whatever is right in front of you, then that's the way the Bears – have to play to get it done going forward. There's no other way to get through it. You either decide you're going to dial it in, focus on every single play, and then persevere, and then in the end come out victorious, or 
you kind of cash it in, you lose focus, you daydream, you, you don't give the attention to detail that you need to win. And I'm telling you right now, the Pac-12, although it's not at its peak of performance, is a very difficult conference to win if you are not 100% dialed in. And so I have not seen an ounce of quit in the Bears. I did see some frustration in the last game, as I talked about with Coach. You know, I always talk about the palms up. It's when you put your palms up, you're showing that frustration. It's bad body language. I saw some of that in the Bears last week. And I understand the frustration, but it's time to dial it back in. Just get to doing what you do. Everybody focusing on what their individual goal is, and they can get it done. Obviously, this week coming up, Colorado, uh, a team who had a win versus Colorado State to kick off the season, and they lost to Texas A&M. They lost to USC. They lost to Arizona State. So some very good football teams in there that they lost to. Uh, and, and they are a team – although their record doesn't show it, uh, that has some talent. They have a good defensive line up front. Uh, they're heavy. They can rush the passer, though there's no one individual player like Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, they have together three guys that can get after the passer. Obviously, linebacker Nate Landman is one of the best defensive players in the country, had the Achilles injury last year. But every year that he's played, he has been defensive MVP of a team or defensive MVP of the Pac-12. And so fantastic player at that linebacker position and because they play a lot of that lockdown man what that means is they're going to bring pressure they're going to get after the quarterback they're going to try to disrupt the pocket and so if you can play sticky man uh, and and hang on guys and you can bring pressure it makes it a long day for the quarterback what do you do to counteract that if you're an offense well one you have to run the football figure out a way to keep those defensive linemen from pinning their ears back getting upfield get around or through the blitzes uh, by running the football, either at them or away from them, but keep them from getting pressure in at your quarterback. Don't let them disrupt what you do on offense. And then when you do have opportunities or when you are taking shots, throwing the ball down the field, as a quarterback, you have to be solid in the pocket. You have to be confident, comfortable, and composed and dial into what you're doing and make the completions against tight coverage. So you got to throw good balls. That's what's going on on the offensive side. That's what they're going to be looking at in terms of a defense. Offensively, the Buffs have a really good running back in Jarek Broussard. He's only averaging 50 yards a game, as we talked about. He's faced some stiff competition out there. And so it's, uh, it doesn't detail what he is as a player. Last year, he was a fantastic player in the Pac-12. They've got a decent offensive line up front, and they have uh, some pretty good receivers, including the son of one NFL Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice. So... His son is playing for Colorado, and he's been—he's their number one pass receiver right now. Now, as I look at the stats, he's only got 11 catches in six games, so it's not quite to a game. But uh, they are—that's the one point where Colorado can struggle a little bit. They run the ball with their quarterback. They can run it with Broussard a little bit, uh, but throwing the ball to the outside, trying to stretch the ball down the field, is a big point for Colorado. And so, I would expect the Bears to try to force them to f- throw the ball down the field. Uh, test that young quarterback, see if he has what's what it takes uh, to move that Colorado offense. Some pressures, some run pressures. Uh, I would expect to see maybe a, some a lot of single high safety trying to stop that run. So bring two safeties down or safety and outside linebacker down to rotate into the box to help out against run as well. And then force that quarterback to beat you on the outside. He's young. He hasn't shown that he can do it yet. He's less than 60% passing. And so force him to prove that he can be a good Pac-12 quarterback and beat you on the outside. Those are the keys. That's what's going to happen this Colorado game. Bears have to find a way to dial it in, 
maintain that composure and improve the focus. When you are an athlete at this level, every day is about getting this much better. Incremental improvement, just a little bit better. Coach Wilcox said it, 1% improvement. If you can do that on a daily basis or weekly basis, by the end of the season, you've gotten a lot better. But that's what the Bears have to focus on right now. And it's hard when you have that little bit of that anxiety, a little bit of the stress of things not going your way. Anybody who's had that in their life understands that. But when you have that, it's hard as a player to let that roll off your back. And that's what has to happen, though. That's, so the players have to figure out a way emotionally to dial in back into what they're doing. Sometimes you just say, you know what, there's nothing else I can do, so let's focus up. And some people, out of a fear of failure, uh, which is a natural human instinct, kind of say, oh, and they blow it off, and then they lose that focus. So this team has been a pretty resilient group. I know a lot of the players are pretty quality character people. And so I would expect that they would dial it in and try to dial up that focus. They need to start making those plays when the plays are presented to them. And that's really the only choice they have. It's either that or have a disastrous season. So going forward, here's to hoping that the Bears dial it in. I appreciate you watching today. As always, we appreciate Coach coming on. Um, we are still, you know, I'm a Cal guy. That's what I do. I'm, it's 100% Cal for me. You can see it over my shoulder. Huge part of my life. I love the Golden Bears. Uh, love all the people and, and the fans and the atmosphere that is Cal football. And we just got to dial it back in, too. So it's not just the team or the coaches. It's got to be all of us, too. Appreciate you watching. As always, I'm Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider. Go Bears. Thank <laughs> you.